Warning. Swearing may be used on this stream cause we're grown. If you are easily offended, tighten up. Content provided on this stream is intended for entertainment purposes only. It should not be construed as legal or medical advice, and should not be relied upon or acted upon, without retaining proper counsel. Nightbull owners, with that mouthful being said, buckle up. Hey, good evening. What's up, everyone? Welcome to FTZ Chats. I am your host, Tanya Vital. I am um, a UK actor and content creator um, turned live streamer. Um, and this is FTC Chats is basically an interview based show um, where we highlight and showcase um, entertainment industry professionals from the north of the UK. Why do we need to do that? Because we are heavily underrepresented, um, particularly marginalized artists, meaning black and brown artists, disabled artists, LGBTQ plus artists. Um, so we've created FTC Chats so that we can create a community, talk about experiences, um show off a little bit because why the fuck not um and all that kind of stuff um just before we start you may notice in the top right hand corner we have a little um black panther icon we are starting to raise money for prostate cancer uk um in loving memory of um the late chadwick boseman who played black panther um who recently passed away due to colon cancer um the, um, Chadwick had been struggling with um, colon cancer for four years. Hey, frustrated geek, welcome, welcome. Um, so yeah, so we are raising money, um, starting starting now to um, give towards Prostate Cancer UK. So if you can give, um, if you can give, please do. Um, I know money's tight for everybody right now. Um, there will be a link in the chat if you can. If you can't, I completely understand. Um, but tonight, we are joined by another Bradfordian, um, Pish Modaresi. I hope I pronounced your name right, Pish. Um, his biography sounds like this, so let me let me read his biography. Hi, world. My name is Pish Dad, but you can call me Pish. Smooth, smooth. <laughs> I'm a young filmmaker and producer who is bringing a brand new approach to the video industry with my hunger for knowledge as I travel the world. From working with various companies and talented individuals in Portugal, Malta, France, Germany, Belgium, Tanzania, Croatia, Italy, as well as the UK itself, I've been able to build my portfolio and develop my skills as a filmmaker. My craftsmanship is my passion and I constantly upskill my ability and mindset to create fast, high quality content. My main focus is to help my clients grow and make their visions come to life by implementing videos into their structure. So welcome, Pish, and welcome, Bradford Fringe. Thank you so much for following. Welcome, Pish. What's up? What's up? What's up? How you doing, Yo, man? How's it going? How's it going? All yeah, good. good. Thanks for having me. I'm yeah, no, I've been, we've been talking about this for so long. Um, uh, I've been yeah. busy, you've been busy, but finally we got together and put our heads together. Um, yeah. So... Let's just give the audience a little bit of background on who you are and what you do. So you're a filmmaker, but um, let me let me just mention this before I say this, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm I am always super super impressed by anyone who can forge a career a career sorry in the arts industry 
coming from Bradford. For people that don't know what Bradford is like, where we're from, it's a very underfunded, um, kind of very poor um, area. Um, and it, it's tough, you know. I, I don't want to start singing, you know, Hard Knock Life, but pretty much. And it's very difficult for anybody to be able to kind of um, pursue their dream, really, and 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 forge a creative in a creative career. So anybody that does that, I'm always like, yes, man. So tell us a bit about your creative history. So I was actually born and raised in Germany. So I came here eight years ago. I came from uh, Cologne. Um, I was around 16 when I came. Did my sixth form here, went straight into film school, uh, skipped most of my lectures because I was getting hired to do music videos. <laughs> so in my last year, I didn't actually even attend. I think I attended the beginning ones, you know, when you have to do the induction. Mm -hmm. But most of it, I was on shoots uh, for the local creative scene in Leeds. Um, back then, they had a really popping music scene going on in terms of hip hop. Uh, hopefully they still do after this lockdown. Um, but yeah, that's, and then when I finished uni, I just was straight still into this whole music video scene. Mm -hmm. um, and throughout uni, I was flying like to Germany to meet my cousin, who is really passionate about documentaries. And that was like where I started doing my documentaries. So I had documentaries on one side, music videos locally in Leeds. And obviously my own personal film projects going on, like short films. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once I finished uni, I was like, okay, let's let's make some money as well. <laughs> and that's when uh, the corporate videos kind of kicked yeah. in yeah. properly. Um, hey, Flexgar, welcome to the stream, man. Um, so Flexgar's asking, um, which film school did you go to? In Well, he, he says Bradford. We This is a funny bone of contention for me, really, because we are known as Bradford, the city of film. Yet yeah, we yeah, have yeah. no film courses anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. They've all gone. So, yeah, so which film school did you go to? I went to the one in Leeds called the Northern Film School. And Shout I out think... to Northern Film School and a load of teachers at that school. Do you? Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's interesting you say that uh, with the... Because I was thinking back then, why is there no film course in Bradford? But I think they don't want to compete with the Leeds Film School. Well, yet. we used to before. This is this is taking us down a, down a tangent. But please let me explain the audience. Just chill with us, all right? Chill with us. Um. So before you know, um, I, I guess privatization and academies became a thing. Um, the university in Bradford did have loads of film courses. Um. Right like production courses they've still got like film studios in the yeah. in the university um but then you know academies and like specialization became a thing and then bradford uni kind of decided to specialize in science um mm. all the film stuff kind of went to leeds and um, mm. flexgar's saying i chose uclan for film school over leeds I have no idea. Or the, you pronounce it UCLan, don't you? I don't know why I just pronounced it weird. Is that, is that UK still, or is that is that? You're asking me. Where it flex guy? Where's UCLan? Um, I'm assuming it's. I don't want. Don't want to assume. Don't want to assume. Tell us where it is. Um, yeah. So in on your website it says, um, as a filmmaker, I'm very attracted to stories which have a positive impact on the world. Every month or so, I go out and find a story like this, and I try to do my best as a visual artist and storyteller to capture it and share it. Um, one of my questions to you is. Oh, Lancashire is saying Lancashire, wrong side at Pennines. Okay. Wrong side at Pennines. Oh, I'm joking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a filmmaker, do you feel like 
you've got like a because I've looked at a lot of your stuff and and you went on your website do you feel like that you have a moral obligation to kind of um share positive stories like what uh, what is it about positive not that what am I asking not that you should share negative stories but your your particular style is very kind of um like people's lives uh, in a positive way. Uh, do you know what I mean? Am I yeah. explaining myself properly? It makes sense in terms of, I don't know if there's an obligation for any artist to do anything like that, but I feel like uh, based on where I live, based on the people that are around me um, who want to, you know, put Bradford on the map, like properly, the way it should be represented, uh, I guess in the beginning it was like counteracting negative press that our city sometimes get. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, you can make content, but watch me, I can make content too. Mm -hmm. So it's like a battle kind of. Uh, yeah. Um, welcome guts guts. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm pronouncing it right. Gutswick. Welcome to the stream. Um, that's the kind of that's the question I was asking, but I didn't want to lead you down that path. I wanted you to say it in your own words. Um, so yeah, so so as an artist from like effectively one of the dumps of the UK, um, that's how the, our cities treat often in the press. Um, I also find it um, very hard um, trying to battle against that negative um, image of Bradford. And, you know, that's that's probably one of the reasons I actually became an actor um, to tell our stories that aren't negative. And definitely the, one of the reasons that I created this channel to, so that we can kind of change that and just balance it out a bit more, do you know? Like, yes, there are some shitty things about our city. What city doesn't have shitty things? But we also have amazing things, you know? yeah yeah 100 percent. that's what i realized throughout this lockdown like i started filming more locally and some of the things we have in our city people don't have in their own city we have so much value here uh, creatively what we can do and uh, what we are doing um that you know i now i'm inviting uh musicians i used to work with in leeds and manchester i'm telling, to, telling them now come to bradford I'll make you a better video in Bradford. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the things that we have in Manchester. You don't have these things in Leeds. Right. You gotta come here for this stuff. Yeah, like little things like landscape. Like I always make a joke that people think we live with sheep. No, we don't, <laughs> but like 20 minute drive and you can get some good uh, sheep, you know? You can get some yeah, like some pennines and some, some nice views and you know, like uh, whatever you want, you can get it. We were in a 20 minute, 30 minute drive. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to show um, the audience some slides from your website just to give like a bit of context to because, you know, in your biography, it says you've traveled here, there and everywhere. And I just want to show people where what we're actually talking about. Awesome. Okay, so you might be able to see on your second device, Pish. There's uh, a couple of here. Um, here is oh. the here is the the um the hot stepper himself. Um, I don't <laughs> know what country he's in, but he looks like he should be in GQ magazine in this picture. <laughs> this um, is also a GQ shot. You would never know that he was the director sitting next to uh, <laughs> <laughs> sitting next to his creative subject. Um, it looks like it's the I'm other way around. It. Pish looks like he yeah. needs his Winnebago ASAP. I do, I do. Um, there's one here, and we've got Ken. I, I'm assuming this is Kenya, right? It looks and like a Maasai. Uh, Tanzania, uh, Tanzania. Yeah. Um, and we've got one um, sustainable development goals action campaign. Again, looking fresh to death in his suit. 
um <laughs> ready for his gq mag um oh, thank you photo shoot so tell us about some of those projects from those pictures um so the first one you said that was that was portugal that was um uh with my big bro jay cass uh who's a hip-hop artist from sheffield and we went to portugal yeah yeah he's, he's very good he's very good he's been in the game for a long time he was in the group no excuse back in the day as well uh, which was quite big in the uk but we went to we met actually met on the airport in manchester when we were both going to portugal for the first time and since then we've been back like before lockdown we were going back there every two three months for a week or two just to create more music videos yeah, it's it's cheap flights, twenty oh, right, quid. Okay. <laughs> twenty quid, shit. Twenty quid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's uh, cheapest chips. You can fly there. It's cheaper there than London. Uh, <laughs> spend a few days there, get the sunshine, get the palm trees, get some good visuals, come back, edit, videos done, need more videos, fly back. And the Portuguese people in the hip hop scene there are very welcoming. They like the sound that Jcast brings. Uh, and in terms of like the hip hop scene, they're also like twenty years a bit behind. So oh, they're still so they're, like, so they're still in the nineties, the best they're still era. Like the boom bap, old school style. Mm. So it's weird. They like the modern as well. Like there's a big grime influence in Portugal now from the UK. So they love Stormzy, but they Who also doesn't? love like Red Man and um, you know the Wu Tang Clan. So they're like, <laughs> weird sound. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, that's great, like, great artist, great artist. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, that's the Portugal. Tanzania, I went uh, to make a short film last year. So I spent a month out there and the short film should be hopefully finished soon. Um, we had some wow. trouble because of the lockdown. I wasn't able to go to the studio to color grade it. But okay. we're getting there now. Uh, the Germany one, I was born there. so. Um, Is that the one where you're in a suit looking like James Bond? That's the one. If James Bond had a beard, and was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was um, my cousin. Actually, works opposite the UN building, and he told me, "Oh, the UN doing a big conference." So you just get wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're not even involved in the conference. You just gate crashed for the picture because you're in a suit. <laughs> no, no, I got involved. I, I started networking okay. uh, with the like the people that uh, go to these conferences. And it was like very ethical people that are into you know saving the planet, saving mm -hmm. the world. So that's very inspiring. Um, but I I wasn't like in in the scene. It was like oh, it's a free ticket. You can go into the UN. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna check out the UN. Why not? He <laughs> get crashed, guys. He get. I love the hustle. I love the hustle. <laughs> love the hustle. Um, Bradford. Uh, oh no, sorry. Cash on code. Cash on code. I love that. Um, is saying Bradford Uni still has an animation, film, and TV production. Um, mm -hmm. and they still do all that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah. So after you um get crashed, the UN. Mm -hmm. as only um a top director would um we're going to talk about how we met actually so we met at the red bull amapico film festival um just show the audience what that is uh, and i am not ready of course i'm not ready of course uh where's our window capture here we go 
so the Red uh, Red Bull Amapico Film Festival. Red Bull Amapico um, is like a branch of the the, the Red Bull Corporation, um, but the Amapico branch is a global program that champions social entrepreneurs driving positive change in their corner of the world. Development, support, and storytelling form the core of this groundbreaking initiative. Everything you need to get your vision off the ground. So. Um, Last year, I got involved with Red Bull Amapico because they were coming to Bradford to do their first UK um, launch, I guess you'd call it. Um, and I and you had to pitch your business idea basically. And I pitched, um, I pitched for culture this this channel, but it wasn't this channel then in my head. It was just an idea. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know it wasn't a fully formed pitch. It was really bad. Shout out to Uncle Ian, Natalie, and to Mache, actually. Um it, it was terrible, but rather than just say, all right, Tanya, that was terrible. See you later. Bye. They said, well, maybe your pitch is not ready, but we want you to um, present at our film festival and that is where we met you had one of your shorts in the film festival tell us a bit about what was going on with the film festival how did um, red bull like kind of approach you so um because i know the owner of the building that uh, they were hosting at uh, he sent me a link to apply uh, over linkedin for the whole festival and i'm like a last minute type of guy so i left it to last minute i was at some house party and I remembered, I was like, oh no, I got to apply for this link. So I quickly pulled out my laptop in the corner of the house party. Uh, I was just the weird guy in the corner on the laptop. while Oh no. <laughs> and I'm like trying to fill out this application. And obviously it got rejected because it was a terrible application last minute. But I got a call like two weeks later by uh, one of the film festival organizers. And he asked me, hey, do you have a film showing Bradford in a positive light? And uh, I was like, no, I, I don't, but uh, when do you need it by? He said, oh, can you get one done by the weekend? And I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday. So I was like, uh, yeah, no problem. Let's see what happens. And then uh, I got off the phone with him and then I contacted some people that I knew in Bradford that do, uh, you know, social enterprise work. And I was like, oh, is there any positive work going on that I can quickly capture? And a friend of mine uh, from a community center on Leeds Road, he told me, oh, yeah, just be at this address at like 10 in the morning. So it was like Saturday. That's when Brad for Better uh, did like the big cleanup around the city in a few locations. So I would wake up 9.30 a.m. and I'm like, I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> so. It's all and then I up, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I, it's, a, I don't know if I'm going to do this. I'm still in bed. I'm like half tired. And then I got a message from the organizer and she was like, oh, we're ha running half an hour late. And I was like, okay, perfect. I can sleep a bit longer and then I can go. If she didn't send that, I think I, I don't think I would have done it. It was almost, um, but yeah, I did it. I went down to the location and I was just filming them doing their thing. And I didn't really know what the organization is, what they do. I was exploring as I was filming. Mm. It came together in the edit, quick turnaround. And by the weekend, I sent them the video. I was like, is that okay? Like, yeah, that's okay. You can 
This is unreal. I can already tell, Pish, that you're one of those people that like, do you remember when you were at school, guys, and you like, I mean, I was not, I was not this person, but I can imagine this is what they were like. You know, the person that's conscientious, they do their homework on time. And there you've got Pish walking in last minute, does it in five minutes and gets the top grade. And the reason I say this, I'm going to show you his film now, um, which is called Better for Bradford. Um, this is the reason why I, me and Pish have stayed in contact because as soon as I saw this, I was like, holy frigging hell, this is insane um, for a young filmmaker. So let me show you what I mean first. God. <laughs> uh, all right, let's bring it up. Bradford for better, here we go. today to clean up the uh, streets of Bradford. We're out here with the kids to show that it's not just about learning the Quran, learning Arabic, it's actually giving back to the community. The Muslims always taught us that um, half our faith is about cleansiness. That means all type of cleansiness, personal hygiene, as well as helping the community. We want to teach them that it's about being out there, being active in the community and always helping when they can. The inspiration behind Bradford for Better was born out of frustration after seeing littered streets, drug dealing in broad daylight, dangerous driving. I just wanted to find out if anyone else felt the same as I did. Myself and, and I and a couple of other people first met in Attic uh, Community Centre. We actually discussed the situation and challenges facing Bradford. One of the challenges was uh, the streets were very dirty and in which uh, the Bradford had a very negative. Because we've seen the streets getting deteriorated over the time, it looked like it was getting neglected. There's no mess at all in the alleyway. That's been tidied up. See, I need to get him to do this section here. I don't live around here, but I walk around here. So you know everyone. This area is like a dump. Yeah. You know what I mean? So much, so much rubbish all over the place. It started as a small group and then it snowballed into a larger group. Now I'm pleased to say that we've got more than 2,000 people who want to be part of this campaign. Ever since we've had this push from Rafa for Better, it's really got everybody motivated and everybody keen to come out. It makes us all feel proud of Rafford again. we've started we have not spent one penny on anything that we've done we want to show people that you can live in a clean city you can live on a clean street without any funds you just have to learn to love where you live because that's the only way forward otherwise we're letting the city down and we're letting our own community down and i'm happy to say that we're actually making progress radford is where i was born radford is the city where my children were born radford is the place where my grandchildren are born radford is the place where we will continue to live and we have to start to love Bradford, we have to start to think of Bradford as our home. Bradford is my hometown. I was born in Bradford and it means a lot to me. To see people come out in this way to help us clean has been a joyous occasion because it really, really needs it. It's my home. It was where I was born. My parents were born here. My grandparents are born here. My siblings are born here. It's like, it's just home. If I turn 
channels. So that was visit background. So that was your um, film for um, the Bradford Film Festival, um, Love Bradford, it was called. And as soon as, I swear to God, as soon as the audience saw that drone shot, everybody just went, <gasps> like, I don't think we've ever seen our city from it sounds really weird to say but i don't think we've ever seen our city from that perspective and just the way you shot it it just looked so beautiful that it just hit us all square in the heart and we were just like jesus christ who is this filmmaker unreal what was your experience like working with red bull did you get to meet any of the the people there or was it strictly send us your video and that's it no, no, this was very interesting. So from the Red Bull video, I got uh, involved in the breakdancing side of things. So I got to go down to London to BC1, which is a major breakdancing competition hosted by Red Bull. So they invited me to the headquarters. I got to meet the people. They're like, oh, uh, we saw your video. It's great. Um, what do you want to do with the breakdancing thing? So I just want to come down. I have this interest in hip hop. I would love to, you know, capture what's going on and, you know, maybe do a little video. Uh, and that was all going good. And they had a few events lined up. So I was going to make a video for them that, you know, supported the events and then lockdown hit. And I think now um, they're moving all the events to next year or later in the year in terms of uh, breakdancing. But mm. it kind of messed up what they were doing. So mm. I was like, I'm going to leave you to it. And once you guys are soft, I'll come back and we'll speak again. But it was a good, really good opportunity. But I think just making that documentary without the, you know, the all of the networking around it, just the process of making it um, was really life changing in a way that, uh, you know, people always say the grass is greener on the other side. Mm. I was, you know, traveling everywhere to get the footage. And right. this was the first time I was properly doing something like this in my own home city. Mm. And I was like, you know what? This city actually looks really good on camera. Right. So then I started doing more and more uh, in this city and realizing that, ah, oh, you can get palm trees in any tropical country, but the things we have, you can't really get them in any other city. Oh, this is like music to my ears. I swear to God, I went. I've been. A, I've been an actor for twenty years. I've been to drama school. Everyone's tried to drill out, to drill the Bradfordness out of me. But I am Bradford girl. I, I mean, I still say the D in Bradford, so I've lost it a little bit. But I'm proper Bradford through and through. And to hear other people talk about it this way, I'm just like, oh my God, my first love. It's oh, I love it. Amazing, amazing. Um. We've got a few questions in the chat. Audience, I'm not ignoring you. I'm seeing them and I'm noting them down. Um, I'm, we're going to ask um, the uh, the audience questions at the end or at the relative the relevant points. So don't think I'm ignoring you. We got you. We got you. We got you. Um, just speaking quickly about um, the Bradford Film Festival, the, the Amapico Bradford Film Festival, um, I also met um, another young um, filmmaker called Hedda Maboob. Um, and we've stayed in touch as well. Um, love H. We've done like movie reviews together a couple of times and we're going to keep working together in the future. Um, but just a little bit of good news about H. So he, um, the last FTC chats we had, we had Sam Frey who works at um, Screen Yorkshire on the Beyond the Brontes programme. Beyond the Brontes is a programme that gets young filmmakers. Uh, did I send it to you? Yeah, yeah. I All right, it cool. Yeah. Um, it gets young filmmakers in the Yorkshire region um, 
it's an initiative to try to try and get, make it a little bit more diversified. Um, and Hedda has been lucky enough to receive a place on the new Bron- uh, Beyond the Brontes program. So shout outs to H. Hope it all goes well. You're going to be amazing. Um, we're going to talk about like techniques, film techniques now, because I'm a proper geek, if you can't tell. Um, and I love like, give me give me a wonderfully graded shot like like dps uh, and that sounds weird let me explain what i mean yeah, directors please. of dear yeah so directors of photography people who deal with the cinematography like um the light not the lighting as lighting it up as such the aesthetic of this of the of the frame oh my god that is like my my thing so give me a wonderfully graded shot and a or a drone shot and i'm like yeah whatever it is i love it i love it so much so like the drone shots tell us about that How, did you teach yourself what it, it's like magic to me what's what's going on with it a drone uh like the the controller for the drones uh it looks like a controller for a video game so as long as you go at video games you're okay with flying a drone. It's no problem. It's I, easy. I'm a gamer. I can do that shit. All right. Okay. Cool. Okay. Easy. So you taught yourself. Yeah, it's not that complicated. It's, you know them remote control cars. Yeah. As a kid, same dynamics. The only difference is this thing flies. And, and it costs five hundred pounds more. Um. It, it costs a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely get definitely get the insurance. Yeah. Practice with it in an open field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to, you know, get some shots of the city like that, I'm not allowed to say, but you know, just do what you gotta do. Okay, just so do so let's let's briefly touch on this because this is quite interesting to me. Um, so there are so w- what we're saying there are regulations about where they can and can't be flown and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you can look up all the regulations online, and then it's in your own hands what you do with them regulations. Understood, understood. Well, <laughs> I used to be part of a, a guerrilla filmmaking um, crew called um, Chicken Shop Shakespeare. Um, I am not endorsing okay. anything illegal <laughs> at all, um, but I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes filmmakers have to do what they just do. It's one of those, it's one of those industries. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, yeah, so, it, so I call you the king of um, cinematic montages, and, and we're gonna get there in a minute when we look at your Born in Bradford video. But um, in fact, no, let me show it now because then it gives it context to, to what we're going to talk about next. Um, so this next video is um, Born in Bradford. Do you want to introduce it? What is it? What's the, 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 like, the context uh, behind it? and so stuff? Born in Bradford uh, has been tracking 10,000 children uh, for the last, I believe, 10 years and has been tracking their health. And this one is exploring how air pollution impacts the children of Bradford. Okay. So that's the, 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 the context of the content, if you will. But um, I also urge you as um, aspiring filmmakers or whatever to look at the technical um, because this the technical of this video just fascinated me so much. Um, and I'm going to point out all the bits that fascinated me, but um, I hope you agree. It's another amazing film. So let me just find it. It is called... We're here today to clean up the... Where are we? Born in Bradford. Okay, here we go. You walk outside, you know, and you can't see pollution as such. It's not like a fire where it gives off smoke. It only sort of hits home, but when you have kids and 
the born with illnesses. It worries me as a parent how factors which I kind of feel are out with my control may be impacting on my children. The evidence about the harm of air pollution is growing year by year. It seems to be something that is toxic to every organ in our body. There's very clear links between air pollution and lung disease, heart disease, dementia, also to things like diabetes, even obesity there seems to be a link. It's even more important to spread this knowledge and understanding to all families in Bradford so that we all feel empowered to be able to improve the health of our families. Air pollution has been a big issue for a number of years. Even recently there was a report saying that approximately 64,000 people prematurely die every year in the UK because of poor air quality. It's one of the biggest public health problems that we have in the UK. 100 years ago in Bradford and the other northern cities, we would see the air pollution. You could see the black smoke coming from the chimneys. So we went to meet Manawar Raja, who has two young boys. One of them has got asthma. Hello, little man. <laughs> what are you eating? Cheese strings. Oh, I eat cheese. Oh, you're eating cheese strings. Do you like cheese strings? Yeah. And what is your favourite toy? Uh, a car. Car? And what is your favourite toy, Hazik? Car. What um, comes out of cars? Cars. Yeah. Like most young boys and young men, I loved cars. And as soon as I qualified as a junior doctor, started buying cars and doing them up, loved them. Being part of Born in Bradford and the research that we're doing on air pollution about seven years ago, we showed this very powerful effect of air pollution and harm to the unborn baby. We measured the levels of air pollution around addresses where pregnant mums were living. And what we found was very, very clear links between the quality of the air and head circumference of babies and birth weight of babies. Those are very key key factors for living a healthy life. And it was a wake-up call for me about how harmful this invisible toxic exposure is to human beings and to children in particular. Hazik was premature by a couple of weeks. He was small, he was four pounds, six ounces. But then when he was two, they diagnosed him with um, asthma. He starts wheezing, so if he gets a little cough or a cold, you'll be able to hear it. Childhood is a really vulnerable period. We've been able to show that this is damaging their lives in the long term. 25% of childhood asthma in this city can be attributed to air pollution, and from car air pollution in particular. In terms of the future, obviously it's not something that, you know, that we can predict, but you'd like to think it'll live a normal life. A lot of children's exposure to pollution comes during the commute to school. We are aware of parents leaving cars idle whilst bringing children into school, in particular in the mornings uh, during the rush hour. Sometimes you feel as though you can be powerless about it because everybody keeps driving around still. It's sad, but it also inspires me to help the children that live here to try and make changes that are going to improve their quality of life. I really hope people can start noticing it more. People understand the importance of it, but it's about how we make it as easy as possible. If it's easier to travel actively to work than drive to work, if you're stuck in traffic jams and there's no parking spaces and you're being charged money, which you should be, for polluting the air, then people will think of alternatives. And I think as health professionals, we need to do the same. We need to be early adopters. And I sold my car.
If you start cycling, you encourage other people to do the same. Start encouraging, normalizing active travel. Everybody who's been involved in the research recognizes that change happens at a small scale level, at a local level. You find that most people in Bourne and Bradford tend to walk or run or cycle into work now. We need to change people's behavior. And the easiest way to do that is through education, but also research and then informing the community through the work of the children, what they can do to improve the air quality in our area. One of the things that we want to do is we want to improve levels of air quality in Bradford. And the reason is because, you know, air quality, when you breathe it in all that stuff that comes out of the exhaust pipes and chimney, it does some damage to humans. We were using air quality monitoring kit, indoor and outdoor. They could visually see what this kit was showing in terms of air quality. Carbon dioxide. Yeah, so that's carbon yeah. dioxide. So what do you think of the carbon dioxide levels at the moment? Quite high. high. They learn how to interpret the data, they walk them around their local schools, their local environments to find pollution hotspots. When we had the air quality monitor in the classroom, it inspired the children to ask me if we could get some plants in our classrooms to try and help the air quality. What do you think causes highest amount of air pollution? Cars. What are your hopes for air quality? What do you wish would happen? I wish the government, it takes all gas cars away and then gives people free electric cars. Here are the personal, local issues for us. What do we as a community, what are we going to do about it? The children are the future coming through and it's going to be ultimately them that have to take on the pollution that we leave behind and the children that we teach, they're going to have to deal with the issues. So the more informed they are about those decisions, the more they can try and do something about it and try to make the Earth a cleaner place. I think the schools should start campaigning for the air quality. There's an element of us using our young people to try and change behaviour of adults within the city as well. We really want to inspire the next generations of researchers. I'm sure from Born and Bradford that we're going to have a massive increase in the amount of children and young people who want to look at science, technology, engineering and maths because they can see there's some really exciting stuff that we can do with that. If we can change the way they see things, we can definitely change our future. So that was born, uh, yeah, born in Bradford. How did that um, video or film, sorry, come come about? Did you work with? Because I noticed the NHS mentioned there. Yeah. Um, so that one, <clears throat> uh, because I was still in this rhythm of making one documentary a month before the lockdown. God damn. Uh, this one, yeah, this one came after I did one about refugees in Bradford. Uh, so I have a good group of people that I know that are involved in this kind of work. And I was uh, recommended to speak to a friend of mine called Shahid Islam, who's a senior researcher uh, at Bonn in Bradford. And he said, listen, there's this issue about uh, air pollution and it's affecting the children in the city. And he showed me the figures and everything. And I was like, okay, this has to be the next thing I talk about in my work. And then uh, first thing we did, we went to the schools first. And I thought it would be like a 
one day shoot, you know, just film a couple of hours, throw something together and get the message out. Um, so we filmed at the schools and then later on, uh, Shahid mentioned, listen, you also got to get uh, Professor John Wright in there and Rosie McKinnon in there as well, because uh, they will be able to offer you some great you know, views. Mm. And back then I didn't know them. So I was like, oh, this sounds very academic now. I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we got the message with the toolkit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? Okay, let's let's see. Because um, that then that was more work than I was anticipating. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, you know, let's see where this leads to. And after I've interviewed them, uh, and Shahid said to me, you think you got everything? I was like, you know what? Actually, I think we need another piece. Drone shot. Drone shots is a given. Any project you gotta have the drone <laughs> shots. That's the first item on the list. But the this, the third thing I needed to capture was actually a child that was impacted by the air pollution. So that's where we met the father and his two sons. And I was like, okay, let's do some extra work to really push this message. And then it ended up being this longer form documentary. Uh, seven minutes is kind of long for me. I'm used to like two, three minutes. Right. So seven minutes was uh, there was a lot to fit in. Right. Basically, but that's how that came about. Yeah, it's. I mean, to be first and foremost, I never knew our city um, had an issue with air pollution because you think we're surrounded by countryside. Um, yeah. it, it doesn't compute that we would be affected by air pollution. Um, yeah. But but just as a standalone film, like I just found that film incredibly. Um, incredible technically um, so so this is one of the reasons I call you the king of cinematic montages so t- take us have I, have I mentioned what I need to mention yeah so take us uh, this might sound weird to you but I just want to know the process like audience if you noticed he was cutting on the beat like how do you cut on the beat how does that happen like tell tell me how does this uh, did you learn off. that or what uh if you do uh, at the moment i've done i'm about to hit 100 i've done 91 music videos this so far when you do a lot of music videos you learn to cut on the beat because right. it's like a, it's like a rapper rapping on the beat mm. you do the same with the visuals otherwise you don't flow so well yeah so you got to do the same with the documentaries um the beat is going the dialogue is going and you got to match that with the visual yeah. if you stay on one shot too long you lose it and then you basically got to edit it in a way that the audience is not allowed to look away from the screen yes um hey gucci khan welcome to the stream um yeah it's like it is it's like a new language almost when i was watching it i was like even like my next point is you even like slow pan so for, for audience members who don't know what pan is a pan is when when the camera goes like from one thing to another he even slow pans when the music goes slow and now you say about like the music videos it makes complete sense i'm just like this is this is insane um all right so t- talk us through grading oh um gucci khan saying appreciate it's me yasin um, the guys with the Land Rover. Oh, shout out to Yasin. <laughs> okay, we're about to drop something really big together with Yasin. So is Yasin music know, music music guy, acting guy? What who? What he is? Uh, he does cars. He's a mechanic. Sick. He's uh, seventeen years old, and I'm telling you, he's the future of car mechanics in Bradford. So shout out Yasin. Yasin, and- um, contact me. I'll try and get you on the show sometime. What were you oh, going to say? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorted. 
marketing right there yeah yeah done right done right um what was i what was that yeah so the next the next technical thing i want to talk about is color grading right so i I, like i said i'm a sucker for a beautifully graded shot like i will marry a a dop with a beautifully graded shot i don't give a shit um i'm really sorry audience about the hell's angels um (laughs) doing whatever they're doing back there i live on a main road um yeah so me and my friends i've got an anime podcast um and me and my friends were talking about um the whole dark and gritty thing how everything is now dark and gritty particularly if you're from the north it has to be dark and gritty all void of color what what is this what is this obsession with like desaturating stuff and making it what is this color like dark and gritty color grading situation tell us uh so i think that came about through uh movies that have like a gritty plot and a gritty color grade and they became like really popular and the crime shows they became really popular and they all have that look and technically achieving that look is fairly simple because when you desaturate an image you don't have to worry about getting the skin tones right or matching particular colors with other colors. So actually getting that look is fairly easy. Just pull up the contrast, bring down the saturation, and you have a nice gritty look. Whereas the other way, when you introduce color into the image, you get into color science of it. And then you need to have the right monitors because it looks different on each monitors. It looks different on the phone, different on the Mac, different on the TV. Mm that's when it gets really complicated. So the first thing is the gritty look is easy, easier to achieve than most looks. And and I guess possibly cheaper, right? Cheaper as well. It's, you know, takes less time. That means you gotta pay the grading guy less. Ah, Boom, it's cheaper. Interesting. Uh, you can it fairly easy with natural light. Just make sure you film in a dark location. Boom, that's sorted. And in the, I, I guess people assume the North is dark and gritty, but we have the same weather as London, so... That is a lie. Audience, do not listen to this guy, right? We do not. I've lived in London off and off, off and on for 20 years. London is 10 degrees warmer at all times. Nah, nah. Every time I went down, it was the same for me. I was like, this is no difference. <laughs> but it's um, okay. And then one, another thing I noticed about um, born, uh, born in Bradford is... This is what happens when you are a guerrilla filmmaker all the time. You will catch something that you never expected to catch. So did you see the guy on... Well, of course you did. You filmed it. The guy on the <laughs> unicycle, the electronic unicycle, the yeah. electronic... Well, I don't know what they call. called. Is it a unicycle? Maybe. I'm not sure what it's called either. Uh, but I know which guy you mean. In London, loads of people have got them and you're always saying, all right, fuck off, wanker. But, <laughs> but it could not be more perfect when you are speaking about, um, like, kind of, air pollution and and he just went by at the right time unreal unreal um quickly talk to us about about like commissions like how some of the things that you've talked about you've these people have contacted you but like how do you go about getting commissions like as a filmmaker how would you go about getting commission again commissions um i find i don't really chase them at the moment um the documentary you saw born in bradford i did that for free because uh i would just need to tell that story but you know when you do projects like that that are a bit outside the box a bit out there uh, and have a positive message people will look at you and they will find you anyway i feel like a lot of young filmmakers make the mistake that uh, saying that oh if it's not paid i'm not gonna do it if there's no money i will not pursue it uh people 
young people from film school, I, I saw they had that kind of mentality, be like, oh, because I know how to use a camera, I should be getting paid. It's like, no, knowing the camera is okay, that's good, but you watch YouTube tutorials for a day and anyone can use a camera. It's what you do with it and how you put the narrative together and how you bring value to your client or the organization. Mm. That's what you're getting paid for. You're not getting paid for your cinematography. You're not getting paid for using a camera. Damn. You're getting paid for bringing value to the people that hire you, basically. This is, in this is interesting because I've never, like, as a creative person, we're always fighting for, no, don't do anything for free. I mean, as an actor, when you start out, you know, it's inevitable you will do stuff for free because, or, or low pay because you're starting out. But I've never, yeah. you, you never really hear people talk about it in terms of content creation. It's always never do anything for free. So this is quite refreshing, actually. But on the yeah. other side, like, I also understand, you know, people have got rent to pay and bills and shit, like, I yeah. also understand that. So how do you kind of, how do you know which, how, as a filmmaker, how do you know which projects to do for free if, or if, or at all? If you're doing it for free, make sure you care about it. Make sure you're passionate about it and make sure you're w willing to go all the way for, to tell this story. If you're doing it for free, mm. doing it for free and you don't care about it, don't do it. Right. You do a lot of free work, but make sure it benefits your own artistic, you know, integrity and benefits your artistic journey and your upskilling and your learning the most. Yeah. If it benefits all of that and you love the story and you love creating this project, do it. Right. If it's a headache and it's free, then, you know, yeah. if you don't want to do it, don't do it. That's my advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this channel, actually, um, the first two episodes were funded, but since then we've had like 13 or more episodes and it, and it's all been kind of self-funded and, you know, I, it shouldn't be, but it, it's become a passion project and, you know, help. Yeah, you're right. If it's helping other people, then sometimes you're kind of like, yeah, well, it's one of them, isn't it? It's one of yeah. them. It's one of them. Um, don't worry, chat. I'm seeing all your comments. I will bring them up to him shortly. Um, this is a question for filmmaker, filmmaking or content creation. Music, the music that you used for those videos, how did you source that? Because, so, you know, yeah. obviously we can't yeah. use copyrighted stuff. So There's a lot of, uh, these days we have it very easy as filmmakers. Back in the day it was a whole different story. He says like this like years. he's 40 odd. He's not. No, <laughs> Back in I'm the day. Even, even like two three, two, three years ago it was difficult. Now there's a lot of uh, websites where you can, you know, get subscriptions for royalty-free music. So you pay one fee, and it's like all you can download music. For free. Do you want to name some any so like? I can, I can recommend Musicbed. I can recommend Artlist. Um, there's also actually these are the two main ones. There's also other ones uh, that I can't think of right yeah, now. Yeah. But once you spot Musicbed and Artlist. Those are the main ones that I use and they have a great selection of music. They're fairly cheap as well. Uh, you know, for the one year subscription, you pay maybe 200, $300, but that's all you can download music. Mm -hmm. Whereas 10 years ago, you would have to pay 50 quid per song mm -hmm. to get the license to use it for non-commercial use. Whereas now, you know, because it's getting easier. It's, there's no yeah. excuse to not have good music now. When you say non-commercial use as well, I'm just thinking of new filmmakers. Non explain non-commercial use and like, do you have to credit the artist or, or 
Yeah, so back when you had to pay 50 quid for one song license, non-commercial use basically means it goes on YouTube, it goes online, but you're not promoting a product, you're not promoting anything business-like, it's literally just for artistic stuff. Um, that's non-commercial yeah. use, I guess. Yeah, yeah um, Cash on Codes also saying uh, plenty of sites out there have Creative Commons music as well. Creative Commons is, again, like a, a free sourcing um, symbol, I guess, because they're, they're on many platforms where they'll, uh, the artist will say this is Creative Commons. You can do this with it, but you can't do that with it, or you can do what you want with it. Like, there's different like kind of symbols. Um, any more comments? Yeah, okay. Uh, somebody's saying pish is right london weather is basically the same you're lying you're both lying you're you both lying london always has a proper summer where's ours been please uh <laughs> it's April when everyone was home <laughs> um all right so so i think we've covered the oh no i just want to before we move on a topic i just want to shout out my little future socialist leader in that film saying that um the government should um <laughs> basically give us all free electric cars Thank you yeah. so much to that young man. I will vote for you in the next election. You are doing amazing things, honey. <laughs> Good idea. He's on it. Yeah, proper. Um, so, like, general questions now. Um, what filmmakers or films um, have inspired you the most? Um, David Fincher. Fight Club. Seven. Fight Club? Really? Yeah. Tell uh, us why. I think Fight Club was the first movie where I watched it and I was like, yo, they're saying everything I'm thinking. <laughs> so really? I watched it over and over again. And then after, obviously, the first impression is very flashy. There's a lot of stuff going on. Mm. Guys are fighting in basements. There's guns. And uh, I'm not going to spoil the plot or anything. Mm -mm. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's very flashy the first time you watch it. But then the second time you watch it, you get deeper into philosophy. The third time, fifth time, tenth time you watch it, you realize how things are set up and how they pay off later on. And it's like, that's the first time I watched the movie and I realized you can put a lot of content into a short space of time. It's a, it's a two hour movie, don't get me wrong. But all of the things- Well, that's they short now because the movies are starting yeah. to, to like turn up at four hours and- Yeah, you're getting serious now instead of movies. <laughs> <laughs> but then I watched it, I was like, this is so dense that all the information is all, you know, it's all cut down to information. David Fincher is a filmmaker. He All he cares about is information. You hear, you're getting information nonstop, and that's where the emotion comes from. Mm -hmm. So for me, that was quite engaging, and I went down that rabbit hole a bit. Mm -hmm. And after that, I went deep into Korean cinema. <gasps> Tell me about it! Oh, my God. All right, so uh, for those of you who have just met me tonight uh, and those of you who, who followed me for a while, you know what I'm talking about. I am so deep into K stuff, like K dramas. K dramas are new, but I've been into K horrors, Korean horrors for yeah. so, so long. Um, tell me about you. Tell me which, which ones are your favorites. Come on, come on. Uh, my favorite Korean movie of all time is Old Boy. I've not seen Old Boy. Mine's Memories of Murder. Memories of Murder. Oh, that one's good. That one's oh good. my God. Memories of Murder one. is one yeah, of the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. sickest films you will ever yeah. see in your life. Yeah, Tell yeah. us about Old Boy. Old Boy, without giving the plot away again. It was so skilled. They tried to remake it and they got it all wrong. They always uh, fuck it up. Just leave it alone. Okay, yeah, sorry. Don't go touch on. it. Don't touch it. But the way I feel like Korean filmmakers, they, they understand 
their own culture so deeply and they really like understand the pain of <clears throat> what a person can go through and they show it not in a grotesque way but they show it quite graphically but you're still engaged because that within the pain they always show that glimmer of sweetness i guess mm. there's also a movie called a bittersweet life i've not seen that I don't know if you've seen it. it's a korean movie that one perfectly sums up the korean mood for me in terms of how they approach their cinema it's very bittersweet uh yeah. and i like that duality they, they I, i'm still analyzing the movies and seeing how they do it but it's i feel like the like the asian cinema is a lot more skilled in terms of the western absolutely it, it's not just asian cinema it's it's um they approach like you were saying they approach or they seem to approach their emotions in a completely different way to how we do in the west like it's all kind of in the west it's all it's all kind of figure it out yourself or you know um it might be kind of um, what's the word? They might plant a seed, and then you need to yeah, like. Yeah. And it, it's all laid bare in Korean cinema, and 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 they express themselves in a way that is instantly relatable. Mm-hmm. You don't have to figure anything out. You don't have to go jump through hoops. It's like it's not put on a plate for you. It's not like spoon. You, they're not spoon feeding the audience, yeah. but it's it's just more open. I would say I'm just yeah. yeah I'm with you, man. Memories of Murder is one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Memories of Murder was made by the same uh, made by Bong who um, won the, the Oscar for Parasite which is also another amazing yeah. fucking film um, um, series recently um, I just watched have you seen Strangers from Hell? I haven't yet, no, not yet. Oh my fucking God. Please watch Strangers from Hell. So Strangers yeah. from Hell is a psychological thriller. It is insane. It mm. is insane. It, it's, oh, I love I love Korean cinema. Yeah, love yeah. it. Love it. Um, yeah, so one of the questions was like, favourite directors or, um, or as a young filmmaker, who who should young filmmakers be paying attention to, like to, to study? To study? Oof. Um... I'm going to be really boring and say, first of all, watch all of the French New Wave movies that were going on in the 50s and 60s. Watch all of that. I know the plots are really boring, but what they were were doing back then was breaking all the rules that Hollywood had set out. They were cutting differently. They were using handheld cameras, no tripods, minimal crew, natural lighting, and they were talking about really explicit topics. And I think that should get you into the mindset like, hey, there's rules, but, you know, don't worry about them. Don't worry about the rules. Mm-hmm. Just do you. Um, watch them. Uh, in terms of new stuff, watch David Fincher, but watch, also watch his movies with the director's commentary on uh, if you want, really want to learn about nice. what went into the background of it. Watch all the movies from 1995 to 2001. That was like the golden era for me. Right. The Matrix came out, Fight Club, American Beauty, Truman Show, Seven, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Like oh, all of those yes. big movies came out in that period of time. Uh, I don't know what was going on in cinema back then, but they were killing it in the box office with you know, popular movies that also were really artistic. So that was a good time to be alive mm-hmm. <laughs> and go to the movies. Good time to be alive. He's got you've got such an old soul, Pesha, honestly. <laughs> um 
what's the next question okay yeah so favorite genre i guess we've, you've covered it really um with, with yeah but what just spill it out for us what's your favorite genre favorite genre uh crime thriller and uh drama what is it what is it about crime thrillers that gets us so like i was having this conversation with somebody else, i can't remember who it was and uh, women uh, like statistically women are really like high in watching crime thrillers and serial killer documentaries and what is it what do you think it is about stuff like that that like we love as an audience i think the moment you watch a crime thriller like after the first scene you know exactly what you're in for you know exactly <laughs> yeah, what kind yeah. of entertainment you're gonna get and, and you're all for it because it's like always the stakes are always high because it's life and death non-stop mm. uh there's you know playing with your expectations you're ready for the twists so I, it's it's like a roller coaster it's like the roller coaster version of a movie mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes it is silly and can be cheap sometimes but the roller coaster is always fun mm -hmm. it's no problem you can jump on it anytime it doesn't take a lot of deep thinking uh depending on the movie and it's just a good time yeah yeah it's interesting because as much as we love all that i guess you would class it as it's not really i mean it is fun but i mean it's a fun in a depressing way it's like depressing stuff with, yeah. with everything that's happened in the world just recently like i wonder if we're going to kind of have a massive switch back to fantasy i'm getting right into fantasy i mean i love anime anyway um but like i've, I've noticed my watching habits have become more escapism and like fantasy orientated i wonder if that's that's the way we're gonna go um uh kaka 1977 I've, i'm sorry if i pronounced that wrong um shaheed islam here oh shaheed islam here um the research dude from born in bradford documentary is having such a big oh, impact so many people out. saying they had no idea about the issue i had no idea about the issue and, and you know i'm bradford born and bred until your documentary came out also be played at the science festival this year that's sick oh yeah yeah that's that as well awesome yeah, yeah science festival welcome shaheed thank you so much for joining the stream um so as a filmmaker yes but as a because you don't just make films you make music videos as well i think as a content creator overall um what would be your dream project like who would you want to work with the most would it be a music video a feature film like what is if money and time and anything was no object what would it be uh my favorite hip-hop artist is Eminem. So if I could do a music video for him at some point, even if he's like 60 years old by the time I get there. So I think it would be so sick. Uh, Eminem, if you're watching, please. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is it about his style that, that inspires you so much? Uh, the way he just wrecks the beat. You give him any beat and he just goes berserk on it. He He puts in so many syllables and then even the ad-libs are rhyming with the other ad-libs and he just layers it so much uh, in terms of the punchlines like the flow is overly on, on the top but then if you're listening to the actual content you're like wait 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 rewind rewind and you can i like stuff that you can like study as well as well as get the entertainment while you're out of it mm -hmm. so i like both aspects mm -hmm. i think um visually i could once i'm ready for that kind of caliber hopefully do something really cool. But in terms of movies, I always wanted to do a Star Wars movie. Like, Star Wars, interesting. Yeah. How yeah. do you feel about the new stuff? Um, I feel like visually it looks really cool. It shows us things that, you know, we only got to see in uh, video games. But um, 
I haven't seen The Mandalorian yet, so I still need to check that out. Yeah, I've not seen that. Yeah, but I feel like they should take bigger risks in terms of the story, like where they can take it. Or maybe, obviously, there's a lot of politics going on at the moment behind the scenes at Lucasfilms, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. about rumors and stuff like that. But um, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Star Wars. Uh, both ways about it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay. So I'm going to show, because you are a versatile um, and. Um, What's the word? Yeah, versatile um, content creator. We're going to show one of your music videos. Again, this is just one of the things that you've made. Um, Before I forget, you need to put some of these music videos on your website because these are like, you are really skilled at music videos, okay? Um, So this music video is by, please pronounce um, our friend's name. Uh, A friend of mine, Keist Cortez and PD The Saint. Um, and the, the the track is called Rags to Riches. Um, so let me just pull it up here. Here we go, Rags to Riches. All filmed in Bradford, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Let's see go. if people recognize the location. I already recognize it, yeah. But yeah, Bradfordians, stand up. Tell us where we are. From the racks of the riches, I'll die for this shit. I won't tell them again. Fuck all your disses. I pray that they miss. If you come up my neck, or you play and pretend. They showing love now. I'm up in the club, but I know that it's fake and I'll pray it all ends. Oh Lord above, won't you send me your duff and stay with me? Yes, I try break bread with my friends. Sipping on the lean like good day. Chilling with the bros like Cody. Oh Lord, please assault me. Praying that the demons go away. Four nine of five, that shit ain't right. Living my life. She by my side, she done the ride, she on the high. I take this shit from the rocks to the riches. I made up every baby, my mistress. Sipping up burgundy, pray for forgiveness. Pass on the pitch, but I'm still by my business. He look at me, I say, God is your witness. Thanks for misleading, they seem so suspicious. Seen in my dreams, I believe they're auspicious. I deal with demons like cleaning the dishes. Told me the same, but I think I'm the illest. Poking my brain like I'm wishing for Christmas. Calling my name, but you sound so capricious. Bored my ways, you could say I'm ambitious. Don't you watch me, please look after your missus. Won't fuck your bitch, but she blow with me kisses. I can't contain myself, I'm so seditious. We're not the same, no, cause I go the distance. Eh? I'll take this shit from the racks of the riches. I'll die for this shit. I won't tell them again. Fuck all your disses. I pray that they miss you. If you come up my neck, or you play and pretend. They showing love now. I'm up in the club, but I know that it's fake and I'll pray it all ends. Oh Lord above, won't you send me your duff and stay with me? Yes, I try break bread with my friends.
So that was Rags to Riches um, by Kai Cortez featuring PD Saint. You've worked with PD Saint um, quite a bit, right? Yeah, I've seen yeah. you've done other mu- opera- music videos with uh, PD Saint. Yeah, yeah. Me and him go way back to my uni days. He was the one that kept me out of the lectures because I kept making <laughs> He looks for him. like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout but, out to PD Saint. PD Saint, Bolton gang <laughs> represent. Really? Is that where he's from? Yeah, 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 Bolton. We shot a few music videos in Bolton up there as well. So where's this Kaist guy from? Uh, he's from down south. No London. way. Yeah. They yeah. look like Bradfordians. They do, they do, they do. The only Bradfordian in that video is Quaid Poundsign. I don't know if you know him. Uh, I'm a grandma. Rapper. I don't know none of the kids. Oh yeah, Quaid Poundsign, local rapper. Check him out too, but, you know, explicit content. All right, all right. I'll write that down because I'm always looking for people for the sh- for the showcase. Quaid mm-hmm. Poundsign. Okay, sick. Um, were they drinking Magnum? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's just one of the music videos that's that actually that's not that's one of the ones that I, was on my mind but that's not the one that i was thinking of what's the one where they're, they're basically stood on top of a fucking derelict building like the chimney they're stood on the top of a chimney oh, top of the chimney is that yours or is that somebody else's somebody oh, else's the ones that i've done i'm sure it's yours it's another drone shot. It has to be yours. It's insane. Insane. Um, so next question, I guess, is yeah. obviously we're, we're stuck at the minute, but um, what's going on with the future? What what plan, What plan? Are you allowed to tell us any projects that are coming up? Or Yeah, I mean, obviously there's uh, restrictions and stuff like that, but um, still everything is kind of possible uh two meter distance is not that two meters is not that you know mm. long. you say uh, that it is tricky as a filmmaker because we often have to kind of we often have to be closer than we than than you would be in normal life to fit the frame yeah, yeah, um yeah. so it is tricky but it's not yeah. impossible yeah it's not impossible there's some shots where it's tricky but if people are in the same bubble anyway and you know they're acting together you just as a you know DOP cameraman or director, you stand a bit further away than you usually would. It's all possible. I filmed uh, recently, filmed in the shisha bar as well, like last week. Had my mask on, um, but yeah, the process was the same. Mm. Wasn't too. I think since around June time, June July time, it's been kind of back to normal in terms of when it comes to guerrilla type filmmaking. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. the productions they have heavy health uh, you know risk assessments going on but you know as a one-man band those type of risk assessments are more like common sense you call up the musician or Mm -hmm. the person you're making a documentary about and say hey are you cool with this you feel safe okay let's do it Mm -hmm. more like that um but i don't know if that answers your question no you you told us things that things are in the pipeline and you've not given us any juice is is there any juice uh, uh, there's some juice. Uh, I recently uh, filmed a documentary about the lockdown in Bradford. Uh, Which features? Your, yeah, yours truly. <laughs> um, so I filmed 150 interviews. Shit! Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you were interview number like 10, 11. God back, damn. Back then. But yeah, since then, it's been 140 more people I interviewed. Uh, and I interviewed all the way up to middle of... August, I interviewed people. 
so now I'm in the process of editing everything and I'm hoping that by the end of this month, I will have a first rough cut ready mm-hmm. of a, a two-part kind of documentary about the lockdown in Bradford, how we reacted to it, what the community said, and really exploring some of the health inequalities mm-hmm. between different areas, uh, exploring representation when it comes to leadership roles in the NHS and stuff like that. So all of those things that COVID and the lockdown were able to expose, I tried to capture with my camera. Wow. And there's a few music videos as well, but you'll see them. Wow, sick. Um, and where, w- where will people be able to see the two-part documentary? It's going to come out on my YouTube channel, Anaki Cinema, on YouTube. Free to watch. That's what I was going to say. So, yeah, tell us about the your, your because you are not, people can't find you, your videos under, yes, you've got a website, but you are under Anarchy Cinema, right? So that's... Yeah, that's all the, all the YouTube stuff is Anarchy Cinema. Um, that used to be like my production company name back in the day. Now it's just my own name because uh, it doesn't confuse people. Mm. You, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the YouTube channel, because of the content I post, it's very, you know, Anarchy is at its core, you know. Yeah, uh, that's what I wanted to ask. Why? All right, so I'm having branding issues at the minute. This start, this this channel started out as a showcase for Bradford actors, and then it became like three different shows. So my branding's all over the place at the minute. Why? What made you go with? What made you go with Anarchy as a word? Because back then, um, this we came up with this. Um, it was I think first first year of uni. That was back in 2014. So six years ago now. Um, but yeah, when I came up with the name, I wanted something different because at uni, people were, all the lecturers were giving me a lot of rules. They were like, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Uh, you can only shoot your documentary for one day, da, 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 only use this camera. And I was like, you know what? So I just hired a camera from somewhere else. I was like, don't worry about uni camera. I just got a camera. I filmed for four days. Uh, I was, I remember this, my dad, um, if anyone is watching, I'm, I will deny everything later. <laughs> but my dad was driving his van and I had the door open and the tripod strapped to me uh, and shooting out of the car. Uh, it was a documentary about uh, a bike rider, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had an injury on his leg, but he was still riding bikes. Uh, so I was like filming him riding his bike out of this So car. that was like a Russian arm? A Russian yeah. arm basically is the name for a crane that people use to film moving cars in scenes. So you were your own yeah. Russian arm. I was my own Russian It was like a tiny tripod that I stuck between my legs and I was just holding it steady while the van door is open and we're driving down this country road. And in that moment, I was thinking, if the uni knew what I was doing right now, <laughs> I'm kicking out. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, the guerrilla filmmaking I, people, we do not endorse being your own Russian arm. However, guerrilla filmmaking has its own rules. Um, Cash on code saying, "Is your dad a yoga teacher?" Cash on code yeah. saying, "Best yoga teacher in Bradford." Yeah, he is. <laughs> Swear down. I need to come to his class. Send me details later. Send me details later. 100%. Sick. I can't believe that madness. Yeah, I'm. I I I class myself as a bit of an anarchist. Uh, the stuff we had to do for Chicken Shop Shakespeare. Like I remember because we used to modernize Shakespeare and take it to modern settings. Yeah. So people people would just see like four or five black people um, speaking animatedly, but speaking a language they didn't. 
um, instantly understand. And they used mm. to think we were fighting. So the amount of times we've had police come in and security guards and we're like, we're just doing Shakespeare, awesome. chill out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Madness, <laughs> madness. Um, so I've got a few opportunities to share with the audience before we finish um, and you in case you don't know about them. Mm-hmm. So these are for um, new filmmakers. So um, the... BFI Network, sorry, BFI, sorry, Film Hub, yeah, BFI Network, Film Hub North have um, an opportunity called Scratch Me, which um, is a filmmaking lab for people who don't make films yet. Um, basically, you can work with um, Film Hub North and create characters and create, basically, you're creating a short film, a monologue um a monologue short film with a character. So that's, that's up until, I've got the date, 29th of September you can get involved in that um if you are in the Bradford region or um want to make friends with somebody in the Bradford region to make a film hey guys um we have a, a make film fund that is basically um offering money for um a 90 second to 12 minute long short um yeah and it can be basically anything you want that's one thing i will say actually about um about our council since lockdown. Our council, for all their woes and, and you know, whatever else, they oh. have been really supportive during lockdown for creative people. Like, the amount yeah. of stuff they've been putting on for filmmakers and the creative sector has been unreal. Um, so we do have to shout out Bradford Council for that because they've been doing stuff that other councils just have not been. Yeah, we had the uh, well, Creative Response Fund for yeah. all the artists in the area. Which yeah, is, you know, which is what birthed awesome. this channel, Creative Response. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, awesome. insane. Um, what else have we got? We've got. Um, let me put you back on here. So, if you're not from Bradford, just make friends with the Bradfordian. You can you can get in. Um, here, this is interesting. This is um, who is this? Who are these people? Uh, I can't. The pitch. The pitch. They're called. Um, and basically, they've got a film fund. Um, with a thirty grand budget. Um, but they're asking for creative stories based on the Bible. You can you can uh, find out why they've chosen the Bible. Um, it's quite funny. Um, it's not to make fun of religion at all. It's just a, a very interesting starting point because they think there's some very interesting stories in there. So there's that for filmmakers. And this last one is for um, black and brown um, uh LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus, let me just read it in the way they've written it. Um, the filmmaker must be queer, transgender, intersex person, person of colour. Um, so if that applies to you, they have um, a film fund. Um, it's called Wahala, Wahala here. Um, so lots of stuff, lots of stuff happening for filmmakers if that is your bag. Um, Pish, we're coming to the end. Anything you want to say to you, to your fans, to your, to your people, to, to upcoming filmmakers? Um, shout out to all the guys in the chat that are my friends. Uh, Yasin, Kashif, Harris. Uh, thank you for coming through. Uh, yeah. Thank you to you for having me on this chat. Absolutely no problem. Oh, no, before you go, I, yeah. I need it on, I need it on record. We need to create something together. So 100%. since since I saw the drone shot at the Bradford uh, the Bradford and Pico Film Festival, I'm like, yeah. I need to work with this guy. I don't know what well, the project is yet, but yeah. we definitely need to work on a film. So I'm not allowing you to say no. You need to say I'm yes. Saying, yeah. Me and my drone, me and my drone are ready. 
let's do something we just Same. need a script and yeah. then we'll do it yeah i got That's you it. i got you i got you all okay. right thank you so much for coming on um everybody make sure i know some of you have already done it but um he, um pish's socials are in the chat please go follow him you need to you need a you need to be um, on Twitter more, just so you know. Um, go follow him on his socials. Go subscribe to his YouTube. Again, I'm going to plug it. YouTube is free for you to subscribe, but it helps an artist out immeasurably. Once we get to a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, YouTube then monetizes that account. And for artists who are out of work at the minute, being able to get a few pennies from here, there, and anywhere is really, really needed. So please, all of you, go and subscribe to his YouTube account now. Go and watch his stuff, play it on repeat. We will get um, Pish on again um, to showcase his his work as it comes out and, you know, in the future. Again, thank you so much, Pish. Thank you to all the people in the chat. Um, we will be back next week with um, Foot Culture Showcase, which is an arts and culture showcase. It's all Bradford Audion artists um, and some Londoners. Um, but the, you'll have actors, you'll have uh, musicians, you'll have poets, um, all that good stuff from our region. So come back next week, 8 p.m. again. We love you all. Hamlet's in chat. All right, we're going to raid somebody. Nobody leave. We are going to raid somebody. We're going to put all the hearts in the chat. Um, who shall we raid? Who shall we raid? Put some beautiful emotes in the chat, I beg. We're going to go raid... Let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, Viking Trash. We're going to raid Viking Trash. Please go put some hearts in Viking Trash's uh, chat. We love you all. Thank you so much for stopping by. We'll see you next week. Also, gaming, gaming this weekend. God bless. Good night. <laughs>